Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. You're super excited. Your favorite podcast where we are biblical and reformed. And like I do every week, I like to introduce you guys to awesome guests. Guests that are either I've listened to, read, or seen that I, I really enjoy something from, and I like to bring it to you guys so that you can be exposed and uh, get probably a conversation you wouldn't normally get. And today I have on none other than Mr. Joel Beakey. How are you today, sir? Nice to nice to be with you, Dwayne. Yes, sir. Good deal. This is actually Christmas Eve. We're recording this, and I appreciate you, sir, taking time out of your schedule to uh, jump on here with me is is definitely an honor, and I, I want to definitely publicly say that. And um, the way I like to start it out, sir, is I like to uh, give you the floor to introduce yourself, whatever you want to share, whether it's personal or professional. I'm going to give you the floor to do that right here. Okay. Well, uh, first, it's great to be with you. Uh, my name is uh, Joel Beakey, as you said, and I am... Uh, just had my 66th birthday last oh, week, wow. and I've been in the ministry for 40, 41 years. And uh, I serve a, a church here in Grand Rapids uh, for the last 32 years called Heritage Reformed. It's about 750 members. And uh, I also am president. That's my main task. I'm president of Puritan Reform Seminary. It's a seminary of about 225 students now. And we give out accredited degrees for MAR, MDiv, THM, and PhD um, called Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. So we're excited about that. And it's growing a lot. 
fact, this year was the record year in terms of number of applications. We had like 120 applications this year, so that's that's wonderful. Um, I'm also uh, the founder of Reformation Heritage Books. So I'm really, really into books, big time. I have um, 30,000 books myself, which is kind of a crazy number. And I, um, wow. I, um, we publish 35 books a year, new books, and then we carry 4,500 titles from 70 different publishers around the world. So it's a business that now has about 15 employees, counting the part-timers, and we, we, we do a couple million dollars worth of book sales. But the goal each year, but the goal is, you see, to be at, have it be kind of a, a one-stop shop for people looking for reformed, good reformed literature that really reaches not only the mind, but also the heart. And so we take a lot of um, effort and time in this ministry as well, as I, I just think that getting good books in the hands of people is extremely important for, for Christ's kingdom. And then best of all, I have uh, three wonderful children by God's grace, they're all strong Christians, and they're married to strong Christians. All three of them are married. My wife and I became empty nesters six months ago when our youngest daughter got married. And two weeks ago, we had our fourth fourth grandchild. So we've got four all wonderful right. little babies. The oldest, is, um, uh, the oldest is now two of the grandchildren. So this is a new phase of our life. But my wife, my wife can now go with me to all my conferences and around the world yeah and that's great so she's uh wow. she's enjoying that i'm enjoying it even more having her with me so that's a big thing in my life right now that we can uh, do all these conferences together my wife has written one book uh the law of kindness and she's often speaking to the women at the different conferences i i do i've been writing since i was a teenager and um started publishing in my 20s and just feel really I feel closest to God when I write, so I'm, I'm like mm. a compulsive, compulsive writer. So I've written a, or co-authored a hundred, a little more than a hundred books, and I've also done another hundred of which I've been the the editor and uh, got people to write four books. So I just love, love getting good books out there through RHB, which is a nonprofit ministry, but also through just my own my own writing because I, I feel like writing is so important because, you know, I'll soon be passing off the scene, but your books can stay behind and edify God's people mm. generations to come. So that's a wow. nutshell of my life. It's a pretty simple life because I have everything. <laughs> I have one goal. I have one goal in everything I do, and that is to bring biblical, reformed, confessional, experiential, practical Christianity home to home to people's hearts by the grace of the Holy Spirit. That's my that's my passion. So the seminary, the church, the book ministry, uh, everything everything has that same goal. Wow, that that is awesome. And uh man, I a lot of stuff I didn't know, but I'm glad to uh to find out and hear and and I know my my listeners uh definitely definitely uh same thing. So I like to start off because, you know, I have mostly uh, a lot of local pastors that listen. I want to talk about your role at your local church. Um, you know, what kind of a role is it? Because um, I, I didn't 
think you said you were the pastor there, but you, you served there. Uh, what, what do you do on that aspect? And then for those that are listening, you know, that are, you know, thinking about ministry, you know, uh, just, just kind of talk a little bit about what you do at your local church. Okay. Well, I, I am a pastor there, and I, I've been a pastor okay. there for 30, 32 years. So we have, uh, at the present moment, we have um, three three pastors. One will be, one is taking a year leave of absence to finish his PhD, and that will be done at the end of February, and he'll join us again at the beginning of March as full-time pastor. And then I have a colleague here at the seminary who gives 25% of his time to pastoring the church, and I give 25% of my time to pastoring in the church. So I preach every week. I'm home. I'm, I'm usually gone about 22 Sundays a year doing conferences somewhere in the world. And the other 30 Sundays, I'm home. I'm, I'm preaching once on those Sundays. So I preach about 30 times a year. I also teach the Confession of Faith class, which is about 20 lessons a year. And I pastor people at one of the hospitals. Uh, we we split that up. And I also I pastor all the older people and the sick people in terms of phone calls. I'm I'm doing maybe 15 phone calls in an average week. I would say uh, just checking up how people are feeling. I pray with them over the phone, that type of thing. So mm. I do a little bit of pastoring on the side. It keeps my feet on the ground, but um, mm-hmm. mostly I'm in the seminary. <clears throat> gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I definitely respect anybody that has any kind of a pastorate role, um, you know, able to, to, you know, especially like you said, the, those that are in the hospital able to do those pastoral duties. Uh, I come out of the charismatic movement. And so, you know, I'm always, I always love to hear about, you know, pastors that, that love to, you know, really serve the people and, and be what the, the role oh. calls for. My point, Dwayne, is that pastoring is my first calling. So my denomination asked me initially to, to go into the seminary full time. And I said, well, then I'll have to decline your call because my my first, <laughs> my first calling in life is, is being a pastor. So then they asked me, well, mm-hmm. what's the highest percentage you would take in the seminary? And I said, 75%. So that's how we came to this gotcha. number, but I I find that if you're not pastoring and you're in a seminary, you can easily become a kind of ivory tower theologian mm. and mm-hmm. get into academics and, and you lose your, your heart for pastoring. I love everything, almost everything about the ministry. Maybe, you know, I could do with a few less meetings, maybe. But uh, every, everything else I love. I love visiting people. I love visiting the sick. I love counseling people. I love teaching people. I love preaching to people. You know, just, just all, these are all wonderful, wonderful opportunities to, to influence people mm-hmm. by the grace of the Spirit for good. So, yeah, I, to me, the pastorate is very, very dear. It's, uh, it's my, my first love, really. Gotcha. That's awesome. Good deal. So speaking of the seminary, um, one question I like to ask, because I didn't, I, again, didn't know you were the president at um, at the Puritan uh, seminary, but 
I like to ask a lot of guys that work at seminary about, I guess you could say, uh, an increase or resurgence of uh, students coming in um, that, uh, I guess, are hungry for the Reformed theology or, you know, biblical theology. Are you seeing that increase um, for being there for however long you've been there? Are you seeing an increase on that side? Yes, yes, a real increase, a major increase, uh, especially in the last couple of years. But that's not necessarily indicative of being a major increase around the world. What's happened, Dwayne, is that uh, I've, I founded this seminary with my denomination uh, about a quarter of a century ago. And what has happened is we started out very small with four students. Once we got accredited and, and got three or four good faculty member members, then it started to grow. And eventually we opened up a PhD program that, to train the cream of the nations. So we've been, one of the great strengths of the seminary is that we've got 10 full-time faculty now, all of whom are just really, really superior uh, professors who combined academics with heartfelt piety. So that's our strength. Mm -hmm. So anybody that wants to get trained in a solid, reformed, and Puritan tradition where you're solidly biblical, solidly confessional, and you don't waver on all the liberal trends of the day, um, well, this is obviously the seminary to go to because we don't have a single liberal on the faculty in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. So you get right. an uncheckered education. You get a solid, rigorous academic, but also a godly education at, at, at this institution. And so we have we've we've grown over the years every year for the last 24 years. So it's a it's a growing institution. It's got a lot of potential for the future. So we just keep waiting on the Lord. But um, mm. I also do think that the Lord is working um, quite extensively in Latin America at the moment. Mm. There's a lot of a lot going on in a lot of countries. There are a lot of men becoming reformed and um Parts of Africa, certainly China, and um, Korea, of course, has always been very active. But we have students now from 27 countries, uh, every continent wow. on the globe, and 50% of our students come from overseas, and 50% are either from Canada or America. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome. Awesome to hear. So with the, the increase of, uh, you mentioned Latin America, and I know uh, like I said, coming from the charismatic world, a lot of, uh, uh, I guess you could say Latin Americans uh, fell subject to the whole prosperity gospel charismatic movement, um, yeah. just like a lot of, you know, African-Americans. Uh, uh, so is that something um, maybe maybe it's the, kind of the same effect? I mean, you know, the effect that I had was like, hey, this this stuff isn't working. This speaking, the claim, uh, claiming, declaring is not working, you know. Fight, give me something solid, something biblical. Do you think that may be uh, part of the source for the, the Latin Americans as well? Well, cert certainly it is, definitely. Um, people are becoming disillusioned with, with the charismatic movement and Pentecostalism. But um, <clears throat> there's no other way to explain this phenomena other than to say, <clears throat> first and foremost, this is the Holy Spirit uh, working because no man can do this. And some years ago, they were in the same boat and Pentecostals weren't becoming reformed. But now there's a real switch. Mm. 
But there's also some organizations down there, for example, in Brazil, the FIEL organization, I mean, their, their pastor's conference, which I speak at regularly, uh, it's 1,400 pastors or so. And most of those men are men who've converted from Pentecostal movement to, to the Reform movement and find it much more biblical and solid. So people like uh, various ministers individually are persuading others, but also organizations like Fiel are, are doing a world of good in in promoting the Reformed faith. Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. And so uh, that's, that's, that's always uh, good to hear. Um, just like I said, just with my background. Um, and you, you talked about, let's talk about writing and books and, and how many books you say you had again? That that was a, <laughs> as soon as you said <laughs> well, that, I turned too, around and looked at my little library. <laughs> few too many. Um, now, personally, I, have, many? I, okay. I have about I have thirty thousand books. But the good news is they're incorporated into our seminary library. So oh, um, on the nice. back of the book, it has a little JRB, which are my initials, at the bottom of the Library of Congress number. So it's all organized, and uh, it it's all intermix so the students get to use all my books the the strength of my collection is the old puritan books i've i've ransacked mm-hmm. all the bookstores in the in the united kingdom and been buying books over there for decades and now i'm slowing down that way because i'm getting older but um yeah so we have a puritan resource center Dwayne, which uh, is mm-hmm. one of the world's largest collections of puritan books we have a full room of 2000 puritan books that wow. really uh, are all written by the Puritans. And then another room of another couple thousand books that are all written about the Puritans from, from later generations. So that's a resource mm-hmm. that people can use from around the world. Scholars come here from time to time and, and, and use it in their studies. In fact, right now we have a scholar doing postdoctoral work here from Brazil, just arrived two days ago, and he'll be working for three months in these two rooms and um studying some aspect of of puritan thought wow really good really awesome good deal this this is a good time to take a break for my listeners we'll be right back good morning good afternoon good evening and or good night and welcome to courageous theology my name is drew temple and i am your ruggedly bearded host take you on a journey of mind-bending, fun-filled, theology-laden listening while you relax, commute, or work around the house. Tune in for a new podcast episode dropping each Wednesday morning on iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. Then watch out for fresh blog posts to enjoy each Friday. You also want to be sure to head over to our website, CourageousTheology.com, to sign up for our email list. You can also connect with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at Courageous Theology. Until next time, fight for the faith and strive to be courageous in all things. Afida All right, we're back in here with Mr. Joel Beakey having a great conversation. And uh, what we like to do on the second half uh, is we like to do what we call the bar signature questions. It's kind of a lighter side 
of the podcast. Uh, really fun questions that I like to ask my guests. I ask everybody that comes on here, and because I just I love the answer to these these questions. No, you know, there's no wrong answer because it just kind of tells a little bit about the person. And so, if you're ready, we'll jump right in that to uh, the bar signature questions. The first bar signature question is: What kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> I'm laughing because that's a very weak area of my life. Um, I grew up in a home. I grew up in a home with very little music, and I can't sing well. And I, I I'm just not a. It sounds terrible, but I'm not a music guy, so I don't listen to music. I, I, yeah. I do. We, you know, we've got a great choir in our church, and I love those choir nights when they sing the classical Christian hymns, but. If I'm uh, if I ever get any spare time, which is very seldom, I I listen I listen to sermons. Actually, I don't listen to music. Mm-hmm. Sorry. All right, that that goes <laughs> into wife, a later question. No, have, that's good. My wife will have some classical music on when I come home at at times, and that that's great. Mm-hmm. And usually Christian hymns. But uh, other than that, my my world is very small when it comes to music. Got it. No, that's that's a perfect answer. And and I, I'm cool with that because you know everybody's not into music, and that's 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 cool. You're not the very you're not the first guest to tell me that, so that is okay. A, a okay answer. Yes, sir. So next signature bar question is, which is going to be interesting. What book or books are you currently reading? Oh dear, I always have a lot of books <laughs> going. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to tell you how many. Um, Right now, I am reading a brand new book by our director of PhD program, uh, Dr. Adrian Neely. It's on uh, Edwards, Jonathan Edwards' Sources of Theology. Really enjoying that. I'm also reading through a typeset copy of our Puritan Reform Journal, which I've edited for the last 10 years. Um, I'm proofreading and editing right now uh, a, a book of Bible stories for children uh, that we translated from Dutch into English. And I'm also reading um, volume seven of William Perkins' Complete Works. We're reprinting all of that in uh, in 10 volumes. It hasn't been redone since 1639. Um that's a sampling. I'm, I'm sure I'm. Mm. I've got a pile of books at home that I'm, I'm working through. So <laughs> I try to. Um, I usually try to always keep one Puritan going. I'm also working on Anthony Burgess right now, and I'm um, reading quite a bit for. Uh, I'm writing a systematic theology right now, a four-volume systematic theology with my TA here, and so we're we're reading various materials on Christology at the moment. Mm, cool. Good deal. All right. So the last signature bar question is what sermon or podcast do you listen to? <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Um, I don't <laughs> listen to any podcasts. You have to understand. I've got, I've got, I've got like four full-time jobs, you know, I'm, uh, so I, I used to listen. I used to listen to a lot of sermons. I used to be when I used to pastor. I, you know, I was the only pastor, and I would I would go to all the hospitals, and I would have. Remember those days when there was cassette tapes, and I would have them all oh, yeah. up on my on my the passenger seat in the order I wanted to listen to them, and I would just put them one after the other, 
rather than listening to the radio. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I listen to a lot of student sermons because I teach practice preaching and I listen to my colleagues preach, but I don't find time to listen to many other, other sermons, unfortunately. I used to listen quite a bit to Sinclair Ferguson, who's a very close friend of mine, and he's a great preacher, and uh, Ted Donnelly and uh, Malcolm Watts, uh, yeah, guys like that I used to listen to a lot more than I find time for now. Now, any spare moment I have, um, I'm, I'm writing for Crossway Pub Publishers uh, on this systematic theology, and I just came out with a book called Reform Preaching, Preaching from the Heart mm -hmm. of the Minister to the Hearts of God's People. And I think that's the most important book, quite frankly, that if I can humbly say that, that I've written in my life. And um, try, we're hoping to get that into a dozen different languages or so around the world, all the major languages, and uh, hoping to impact uh, people all over the world, not only pastors, but also lay people, because one of the greatest shortfalls, I believe, in Reformed preaching today is that even though the intellectual part of the sermon is all good and sound, the exegesis is good, um, Reformed preachers could do a lot better at speaking also to the hearts of the people of God. And so we want to aim to reach the whole man, the, the, the head, the heart, and the hands. And in this book, it's a, like a 500-page book in which I first explain what experiential preaching is, that you preach to the experience, about the experience of God's people in the Christian life. Then I, I move from Ulrich Zwingli, the first Reformed preacher in the 16th century, all the way to Lloyd-Jones in the 20th century, show how about 25 Reformed preachers Puritans, Dutch for the Reformation divines, people like that, preached experientially. And then I cross the bridge in the last thir third of the book and say, how do, you, how do you preach experientially today? And what kind of minister do you have to be to really reach the hearts of God's people? Wow, good deal. I'm glad you brought up the book, man, because uh, I was trying to figure out a way to, to to get there so we could talk about that uh, and i forgot to tell you before we started all my guests have to send me a free copy of the book i'm just kidding just kidding joe <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh I, i'm glad you brought it up because i i saw the art on the uh cover and and i saw uh was i guess it's with crossway I saw all the, the promotions look like really good. Definitely um, it's the Christmas season. So any of my listeners uh, feel led to uh, get that for me. Uh, we'll definitely accept that. Um, it looks really good. Um, and and I'm glad you brought it up because uh, I actually had someone, uh, you know, kind of uh, just off the cover critique like, oh, what is reform preaching? Is that will be better than regular preaching or what, you know, trying to come from that angle and and i'm glad you gave it a little little backbone on that as far as where you went uh within the book on that well of course what i'm saying Dwayne, in the book is that biblical preaching and reform preaching and i know that sounds rather audacious i don't mean it in a sarcastic audacious way but we would regard those as being pretty much synonyms because the reformed faith we believe is is the best expression 
as a system of truth of what the whole Bible is saying. So when I realize that some people, that's difficult when they see the word reform preaching, they think it's something different than biblical preaching, but I don't mean anything mm-hmm. different than biblical preaching. I just mean biblical preaching that is grounded in the truth of the Bible. And the truth of the Bible lines up in accord with Reformed preaching, because Reformed truth is is biblical truth. So I, I hope that's, um, yeah. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, no, yeah, that that's that's kind of the way I took it too. Um, I just thought that was that was interesting. Uh, the the take that they took on that, but you know, kind of like the bar, you know, standing for biblical and reformed, uh, pretty much kind of the same thing, you know, as uh, reformed and and being biblical. Uh, so a yeah. lot of my friends tease me about that. Um, and, and we always make that joke. So no, we totally get that. So Joe right here, man. Um, I I appreciate you coming on again. Uh, you know, like I told you real quick, uh, show to kind of whet my listeners appetite. So there we'll put links in the bio for the book. We'll put links to the seminary. Those may be interested in the seminary and everything you got going on. Um, but I want to give you the floor to kind of close it out. Uh, whatever you want to share, whether it's a, uh, word of encouragement or anything like that uh just you got the floor to do that right here all right well thanks a lot Dwayne. it's been great to be interviewed by you and i guess my primary thing i would want to say to to people is just love the lord jesus christ hate sin with passion because god hates it pursue the king's highway of holiness seek to live usefully and fruitfully in your thought world, in your speaking world, in your action world, and surrender yourself wholly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Depend on the Spirit. Uh, Pray regularly. Seek to live biblically and um, love the truth and just let it permeate your life. Life is very, very short. Eternity is very, very long. Seek to do what good you can do in this world if you're a Christian while you're here. If you're not a Christian, well, you're not prepared for the world to come and you need to be born again and you need to repent and believe the gospel and you're in a dangerous condition. So you need uh, you need the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all sinners and we all need to be saved by him. And once you're saved and you want to be useful and fruitful, I would say to you, Don't just listen to the preaching on Sunday and think you have enough, but um, throw away all your trashy books, your useless books, and get involved in reading the scriptures daily and read good books that can benefit your soul. Pick out the old classics and books that can really influence you for good and read them and uh, live them and God God will bless you indeed. Amen. Good still good deal. That's totally agree with that. To the listeners, again, appreciate you guys checking us out, the bar podcast, man. Um, just thank you guys tuning in every week, sharing the podcast. This couldn't happen without you guys. Make sure you check out everything that Mr. Joel has going on. Like I said, I have links in the bio. Um, make sure you follow him on all the social media hits if you have any, and we'll if so, we'll put it down. And uh, make sure you follow all of us, all of our 
uh, links, uh, the bar on Facebook, uh, the bar underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you go check out our clothing line, bar gear, get your toboggan, sweaters, hoodies, t-shirts, represent your favorite podcast. Until next time, you guys, God bless you. And we're out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there